This is episode 239 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Control and Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Back to the podcast. Today, I've got one of my business partners, Jacob Campanero, on the show. Uh, this is his third time appearing on the show. He was on episode two, episode 132, I believe, and then now again on episode 239. And uh, today, we were talking about business building. Uh, Jacob's a very successful top performer realtor within his real estate team at REC, which is like a 100 person plus team. So, uh, not a small task uh, to be doing so well. Uh, he's a commercial focused realtor as well as a real estate investor. So we're invested together on the uh, Grotto Getaway uh, Maple Ridge Camp project, as well as our Neptune's Highway uh, project up in Tobermory. And um, today we kind of dug into that stuff. We dug into uh, what makes for successful business building, uh, consistency, discipline, mindset, and um, what's working in Ontario and what's not, um, what people are doing from a multifamily buying standpoint, which is Jacob's focus. So he's he's working with a lot of buyers who utilize the MLI Select CMHC program uh, for five or more units uh, where you can get some really great amortizations, potentially even up to 50 years, you know, how that affects things and how that's able to potentially make deals work in today's market. So one more tool in the toolkit. And uh, Jake and I, for those of you who don't know, uh, we regularly do a show called REI Hot Seat on YouTube together. So uh, that's a show where we go over uh, deals that are available on the market, uh, off-market deals, um, strategies about how to make deals work, market updates, things like that. Uh, so if you want to tune into the nitty-gritty, see numbers being crunched with screen shares and, and things like that, that's a video-only uh, show that is available on YouTube at the moment. So I'll include the link to that in the description of uh, this episode so that you have access to that too. Just before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you that uh, we do host the GTA West REI Meetup monthly. Please make sure that you're in our private Facebook group so that you're notified when our next date is booked. It should be the third Thursday of the month, but make sure you confirm in the group itself. And uh, please do all the things that help get that po- this podcast out there, including like, subscribe, notification bell, comment, engage with us. Let us know what you want to know about. Let us know what you think of Jacob's story. He's a good guy to talk to, and I had a lot of fun with this episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. Episode 239, here you go. Hello, and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got my brother-in-law, Jacob Campanero, back on the show hello, after... Hello. After a while, yeah. uh, for the podcast anyway, we have a, another show that we host together, uh, slash your resident realtor on REI Hot Seat. Yeah. But uh, this is uh, a reunion on the podcast, and uh, it's been over 100 episodes. Holy smoke. Yeah, last yeah. time last time you were talking about uh, your Airbnb. The Airstream. Yeah, the Airstream. I think that's, that was yeah, the, we talked about. And that was the catalyst. To yeah, the Airstream has since found its home on our campground that we own together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have our hospitality enterprise that we're building out. So this episode will be a bit, bit different because we're just going to kind of talk shop, talk what we're up to. Yeah. Uh, but then you've sort of got your own unique circumstance in that you're uh, a higher income earner, entrepreneur, realtor, uh, who doesn't really have a lot of time for the act of real estate investing business, yeah. which I mean, so many of, of this audience don't. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they have their evenings and their weekends, but you're in the unique situation which i found myself in much of my career and that's like you can always put more money into your or more time into your active business well and and that's it right i think it's and and i don't disagree with you but i think it is where you want your time spent right like you know i'm sure there's people out there that are just as busy as i am but they're they're making time for active investing because that's what they want and delegating right like correct building good teams correct and uh, but I mean, what I wanted to get into today is like really what high level, like what is your thought about investing going forward for you? Yeah, knowing you know what you you've built a good thing in your your real estate business as a as a, a realtor, you know, with a commercial focus. Um, and we'll go into some of the stuff that you're looking for on that that side of things. But yeah. then you know, how do you see you know in the next five years looking for you as an investor of all that um, income that you're earning? Yeah, no, it's a good question because I think there's a lot of a lot of resources for active investing 
right? The, yeah. You know, a lot like of the birds podcasts. Yeah, flippers. Birds. That's all you hear all the time. Birds At least that's all flippers. I hear. I mean, less right? so these days, but yeah. but for sure, yeah, it's still a yeah. thing. So yeah. there's there's not, not as many resources for the passive investor. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Andrew, like it's been the last, so I've been in real estate now for six and a half years. Yeah, give the recap because yeah. some people won't have seen your previous episode. They yeah, don't know so you can you. go back to what episode two, episode one. <laughs> so there was like episode two. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. so it was episode two. I think it was episode one thirty two. Yeah. And we were just sitting in your basement drinking beer. Yeah, <laughs> not one thirty two, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, number two. Yeah, number two. Uh, yeah, and then now again. Uh, but so back then, right around episode two, you were yeah. pretty much just started. Like uh, that's just just started real estate then. Right? So that would so have been two thousand. No, that was 2019. So you okay, were, you no, were I was bit. already in it for a yeah, bit. Yeah, you were in it for a bit. No, because yeah. I started in 2000 and end of 2016, beginning of 17. Okay. That's when I started. Yeah. So what's that? Five years, six years? Yeah, 16, yeah. 16 was uh, six, seven years ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it goes, goes So quick. yeah, you, you were already with REC at that point, I think. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. So we've got a little, so basically Jake started doing some private lending and then we talked about that the first time he came on. Um, you know, that was sort of his intro to real estate investing. And then you bought a cottage. Yeah. Uh, then we bought our resort um, together. And then you've been focusing on helping a lot of people um, basically buy multifamilies, do burrs, things like yeah. that. Um, you're sort of the go-to for people I know if, if you want to buy multifamily buildings because you're dealing with people who are doing like CMHC, MLI Select, refinances yeah. for commercial multifamily, like sophisticated stuff that a lot of people don't know much about. Yeah, it's always yeah. been... So just to recap, right, it's it's so started about six years ago, like I said, uh, been working on uh, educating myself in commercial real estate, right? So I've always mm -hmm. focused on what's the trend, what's happening, yeah. and how do I make it turnkey and streamline? That's yeah. always been our process, right? You can ask any of our clients and it's... So yeah. when MLI Select came out, it came out on March 7th, funny enough, my birthday. Yeah. So I remember that. And I was like, okay. And before it came out, uh, that was my main focus because I was going to go, okay, this is going to be a big thing. Like the right? CMHC. The CMHC, okay, the yeah. MLI Select stuff, right? Yeah. So I learned the ins and outs of it. I built the team. I found the mortgage broker. I found the engineer to go do the reports. And I, yeah. I basically built that team up so that the day it landed, yeah. the day it started, whatever you want to call it, we were able to then immediately start helping our clients with it. While other, yeah. while other people were finding out about it through news and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, you know... I was doing deals with MLI and other people were still going, what's that? Right. Yeah. So that's just what I've, I've personally been. How many years on. has it been out? I uh, well, it came out what? Uh, only, only about a year and a half now. Oh, okay. And then they just updated it. They just updated it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's still fresh. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's but just, CMHC was the thing before that too. Oh, yeah. People so just no, didn't CMHC, have all, they didn't have all the little perks that, uh, yeah. that you can get with it, the 50 year amortization yeah. and all that. Yeah. Stuff. And, and it's, it's interesting because you ask, different generations about CMHC and they'll have different opinions. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I know a lot of the older, you know, older seasoned investors, like you, you talk to them and they go, oh, CMHC takes too long. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, you have to give your right arm and your, and your firstborn child, mm -hmm. right? And it's yeah, like, yeah. I hear that all the time and I'm like- CMHC yeah, was a no-no. I mean, yes, I know Carmen no. never liked it because she said it takes too long. They they, they would cut back the appraisals. But I've the, heard it from uh, so appraisals. many people, yeah. right? Where like, yeah. you know, people that own like great buildings and I'm like, hey, how come you don't go CMHC? And they're like, oh no, like this just takes way too long. Yeah. Like they want too much, right? And I'm like, yeah. so. Seems to work better on a refi. It does work better on a refi, yeah. but it's, the program has come a long way. They've hired more staff. It, do, it does take a while. I don't want to mm -hmm. minimize it, but it is yeah. becoming a better program. So, so high level recap for people who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. CMHC is, is an, a mortgage insurance government owned corporation that insures mortgages for the banks so that the banks are willing to give you higher uh, higher leverage, uh, lower interest rates. So right now, longer yeah, longer amortizations. Otherwise, you're usually limited to 25 years. Well, now you can go up to 40 uh, mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with CMHC. Yeah. MLI Select even goes all the way up to 50. Um, so deals that might not cash flow in today's market, knowing this might be that that tool in your tool belt that that can make a deal cash flow. Yeah, might be. Um, yeah. It's it's worth 
having that tool uh, as opposed to not having that's it. it. Yeah, right, that's it's it. just so, one more tool, one more piece of education. You've got VTBs, you've got, you need to have all of these things in your toolkit. And, and one of the big things I like about the show we do together is is that we're, we're talking about these tools. Yeah. We're talking about how real deals are getting done or how you would do it knowing this. Um, and, I, and I think it's and that's op- good. opening it up to simplify these tools as well. Because a lot of, yeah. you know, I talk with a lot of people, you know, you know in, I think last episode we did was VTB OPM. Right, yeah, we were we talking. It. Yeah, on Aria Hot acronyms, Seat, we talked. Right? We talked about VTBs and yeah. you know how important they are, yeah. uh, and they are especially in today's market. Yeah, getting deals done. That's that's one of those important yeah. tools. It's opening up those yeah. tools to people that may not have heard of them before, or simplifying, trying to make it a a structured process. Yeah, and I find that's where people get bogged yeah. down a lot. Is you know, I had a meeting with a with an investor of mine the other day. He's done a whole bunch. Like he's not new, and he came to me and he's like, Jake, hey, like confidentially, he's like you know, how do I do OPM? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, we're, and so we had a whole lunch talking about it. And by the time mm-hmm. we got out of the lunch, we simplified it. He actually texted me on the weekend. He says, Hey man, I just went to an, an investor meetup. He goes, I got four people that are ready to invest with me because of my track record. And like yeah. in a weekend he raised mm-hmm. X amount of money, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. But it's just about simplifying those things. Right. So that's I really what we focused belie- our practice on. Big yeah. thing is belief systems with that stuff too, yeah. like raising other people's money. Like that do you believe that you can you can go into a room and, and raise money from people? Like yeah. I know people I'll talk to are just like even in our sphere, you know, the real estate side of things, like, oh I, I can't do that. Like, yeah. oh, who would who would lend to me? And then other people, you know, we have a mutual acquaintance uh, or a mutual friend that can you know, has shown incredible ability to just go raise, raise money from anyone. Yeah. Uh, I think a good book on this is Money People Deal, Stefan Arnio's book for, yep. you know, I would highly recommend people check that out. I had actually already sort of gone down this path before that book even came out, yep. but it reiterates a lot of really good stuff. Um, and it's available on Audible. So, you know, <laughs> key thing for me. You got an affiliate uh, program? I wish. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, I think that's the, in our circles, like mm-hmm. people, are, it's, it's mostly audible, right? Like people yeah. driving, like, you know, I, I would like to read a book. It's just like, when <laughs> no. I don't do it as much as I used I to do a ton of audible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just getting back, back yeah. to it. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of been our focus in a nutshell. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to go down the road of our, of our full plan, but, um, that's been the last six years, seven years yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, coming like focusing now this year next year the next five years let's call it is going to be growing the team implementing systems and having more time for myself to do some more active investing perhaps yeah Uh, it's just a different kind of investing like there is financial investing into your business building but I mean, real estate's a business and your business building it's just you're not building the real estate business you're you're building a business that operates in real estate um and I think that's valuable. I'm sort of at that stage now too, where I'm I'm building out my different stuff, the stuff around the podcast, of course, what we're doing with the camp. Um, you know, just really focusing on, hey, you can actually really generate a return from investing in people, yeah. investing in in you know those type of assets, and uh, and driving your business that way, and then take what you get out of there, and then you don't need to invest it actively. So that was sort of where I was steering us. Is like yeah. obviously you're still fond of the private lending, earning a you know a passive return. Yeah. Um, obviously well, the, you can do more if you go active, but it, it doesn't hurt to have some of that passive too. Yeah. And that's the big thing for, for, for me is I've just been growing that, that passive lending database, that passive lending pot of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found that to be a, a, a great avenue for me personally. Um, I can focus my time on the business. I can keep generating cash flow through the business, mm-hmm. growing the business, investing in myself. That's really what I've been doing a ton of. Yes. I have some, some hard assets. I have, Mm-hmm. A couple of rentals in southwestern Ontario. I have my cottage rental. We have the campground, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about later. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, the focusing on the real estate business has been probably my top priority. Yeah. Uh, second to that is the passive lending, which for me now is I'm in such a great spot because of the passive lending, right? And I yeah. talk to even to colleagues about this who make tremendous money, and I always see them struggling year over year when tax season comes around they're like oh man i gotta pay my bills gotta do this and then yeah and i have conversations with them i go you know if you took a quarter of every paycheck and just put it into some sort of passive investment mm-hmm. um m- you know my poison's passive lending right so giving it to um uh, you know clients of mine who who, who need capital mm-hmm. um institutional private lending whatever it may be yeah um 
but I've been able to secure secure myself in a position now where my my mortgage payments are covered, my car payments are covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so that baseline stress, I guess you can call it, right? That hey, yeah. I need to pay the bills this month, or I need to whatever it may be. Um, just get that covered. And and this is what I talk to clients about all the time. And whether that's through active investing or mm-hmm. passive investing, the big thing is is you don't need to quit your job and retire within one year, right? Yeah, and, that's true. And I, I preach this and it's, it's, and everyone goes, why, why that's negative. And I go, no, no, it's not negative. It's, 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 it's real. Right. And I said, but if you can own two really good properties and put some money to work passively and you could pay your mortgage and pay your car, mm-hmm. <clears throat> how much better of a position would you be in to now focus on yeah. quitting your job or retiring with real estate? Right. And, and, and I work with people every day that come to me. And then the first thing they say is, I want to quit my job in the next year, two years, three years, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and I always bring that back in and say, okay, well, let's get your bills paid first. Right. Yeah. Because the challenge yeah. is, it, it, and being in real estate and saying this is, is kind of contradictive, but like buying one building is not going to pay your bills. No. At well, least from my experience, if I'm wrong, you know, tell me. You know, that's what I do want to talk to you about. That today it is what you're seeing in the market and, and how these deals work. But it, now it seems like we've gone more and more towards a market where, like, you're breaking even on cash flow is yeah. like a win yeah. in Ontario right now. So there are those people who just it's Ontario no matter what yeah. they want to invest here, and you know that is what it is. So there's obviously still people who want to buy that. Are you? Are you seeing people doing better than that right now, or is it really just a you know a, a break even strategy, no, or there, you got to do you got to put down more? No, there is cash flowing deals out there. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to be doing gloom. Um, we are putting deals together that are cash flowing. Now, are they cash flowing as well as they would have last year? No. But would we have gotten the same deal last? No, you're year? getting a no. better deal too. Yeah. So <clears throat> it all depends on your your crystal ball, what you're looking at. You know, I'm I'm setting my clients up for a home run in two three years. Right. Because okay. I expect the market to recover in two, three years. Right. Maybe longer, but let's go two, three yeah, years. Right. We, none of us know. There's right? some people saying next yeah. year. There's some people saying five years. I'm going, I'm going to split the difference and yeah, say yeah. three years. Right. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're buying, you know, we're being very strategic. I'm not, and, and I'll be very honest, I'm not selling buildings every single day right now. Like it is a mm-hmm. waiting process, it is finding the right deal in this market. Mm-hmm. If we can find the right deal now that, you know, cash flows lightly breaks even, whatever it may be. But say we bought it at a six cap, say we bought it at under a hundred a door, right? Off of somebody that needs to sell these buildings, then, you know, if you can hang on to that and lock your rate in now with CMHC or whatever you mm-hmm. may do in three, four, five years, even if it is a five year play. Yeah. So in three, four years, uh, if, you know, when the market recovers, and recovers from what is so arbitrary. So I don't, you know, I don't want to get in the weeds with it. Yeah, they still haven't broke it as far as I, I can know. see. I know. And I don't want to, yeah, I really don't want to get in the weeds with that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, even, and I hear this over and over again on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. But mm-hmm. truly, if we can just give the market stability and like, I don't talk to my clients and go, oh, the rates are coming down. We'll be back at 2%. Don't mm-hmm. worry. And I've heard that and it scares me. That's a very scary thought because I don't think it is. But if we yeah. can get stability, and, and what I mean by stability is, is simply just, you know, if the bank comes out, and I know they keep coming out with statements and saying, oh, you know, we're going to hold rates, we're going to hold rates, and then they crank them you up. You can't believe rates. anything they say. No, but true stability. Give mm-hmm. me true stability in the market, and I and I believe that all these buildings, the value will come back up. Yeah, the, you, the values are also going to sort of normalize with the market. We're going to have rents adjust. Everything's going Correct. to adjust, come into an equilibrium. But the problem is uh, it takes time. Like you shake up one of those snow globes, it takes time for everything to settle back down. Exactly. And I think that, that that's the effect of all these interest rate hikes. Yep. Is there that's shaking the snow globe. Now we got to figure out where everything yep. settles. And that's it. That's what yeah. I'm saying. In three years, I don't expect rates to be at 2%. I expect them to be yeah. stabilized. Even, Even if, if that is at 6% stabilized. And that's the way we're investing right now with our clients is I'm always yeah. saying, hey, if we can find a deal at a 6 7 8% yeah. um, interest rate. Yeah. So I think, I think it is more likely that we're going to have 
you know, just probably just going to end up settling somewhere yep. around the five to six, but who knows what happens in the, in the meantime, it also depends on a lot of factors, which I can't predict. I can see like, it, it seems very much like, you know, politicians aren't, you know, losing too much sleep over all of this. So yeah. they're totally fine with the higher rates. Uh, it depends on how much they're going to spend, how much more deficit spending we have. But, uh, since we can't predict that, yep. you know, you're going to, you're going to want to really look to find uh, real estate that, you have a vision for you you can see how it could work and of course like uh, for me i can never sacrifice cash flow in the short run either there has to be something there and 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 most importantly a realistic estimate of expenses so that i know that even if my worst case scenario Mm -hmm. happens i'm still all right i'm still not paying that building no and that's and that's very key what you just said there is that you're not going to sacrifice cash flow now and i would never expect anybody to yeah every deal we've put together since rates have started climbing yeah cash flows yeah right and that's the key hi friends i just wanted to take a moment away from the episode to tell you about my brand new structured coaching program this is the first time i've ever offered a structured coaching program where we'll have regular meetings in addition to an intro call uh, to go through what your goals are and help you get on a plan to achieve those goals within real estate so if you followed me for some time and you feel that i would be a fit for you to help you achieve your goals in real estate based on my skill set based on the topics we cover on this show I encourage you to head over to my website, andrew-hines.com forward slash coaching and fill out the questionnaire so that we can schedule a call and figure out if it's a fit for us to work together. Let's face it, most people could benefit from a second set of eyes and ears going over their strategies, different deals that they're looking at, and helping to springboard ideas back and forth. This is a program that's exactly for that. So if you're looking to build confidence in what you're doing in real estate investing and get very clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, this might just be the program for you. Take a moment, fill out that questionnaire, and let's schedule a chat. You know, how much cash flow? What's your cash on cash return? That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, the about cash on cash portfolio. return can can hurt, but that's based on a lot of speculation too, right? Because I've always built in a little bit of appreciation. Are we 2%? Are we 3 yeah. You know, the interest rates helped us. We were paying down pretty good. Yeah. Not, the, not the same anymore. So yeah, cash on cash can look a little rough these days. Yeah. And overall <laughs> return can look rough. Uh, because again, if we don't know where to where to anticipate values going to on these buildings, yeah. it changes things. Yeah, and, and again, you just, you got to believe in the market you're investing in. You got to like you know, if you don't believe in the Ontario market right now, then don't invest mm. in Ontario. Yeah, go to the states, go to Alberta, go to New Brunswick. I, you know, a lot of people are doing those three things, right? They there, are. There are some people who are still buying in Ontario, but then there are people looking elsewhere too. A ton. Yeah. Right. Um. But you just got to understand those markets as well. Don't just flock to mm-hmm. pick a state, insert here, you know, because yeah, it, that's what everybody else is doing. Like you truly have to understand these markets. And I and I and I did this with a I ran a little seminar, an educational seminar the other day, well, a couple months ago, um, and we looked at Alberta, right? And I simply just brought out the cap rate reports mm-hmm. for the last ten years, and I said, look at the cap rate trends for Alberta versus Ontario. Mm-hmm. And you know, Ontario's this nice stable line right does it's not not going up coming down but it's and then you look yeah. at alberta and then the thing was up like this, down up down yeah right? it's a volatile it's, market comparatively so yeah just know the market you're investing in and this is what i preached all to everybody i work with right yeah. is is whether it's in development or whatever like understand the market 100%. Uh, don't follow the masses just find out what works for yourself and yeah and go research it Okay, so Jake, one of the things I wanted to, to dig in with you, because uh, we shouldn't graze over it. I mean, the business building, entrepreneurial side of things, um, you know, I saw you go into being a realtor. Initially, you were kind of doing, hey, you know, we'll do homes, we'll do whatever. And then you really like focused in on the on the commercial. Yeah. You head up REC commercial uh, so that they're a team under Royal LePage. You're like the sole commercial guy. And uh, one of the really awesome parts of that was now I had somebody I could ask all those questions to. Yeah. Like, Jake, what do you do in this scenario? Or how do you finance this? And and all that, you know, technical knowledge where I, you know, to me, like we were talking about CMHC and stuff, like that was like a unicorn. Like I never knew anybody who was doing CMHC deals. Yeah. It became very popular with MLI Select. Yeah. So now I know other people talking about it and doing it. Um, but why what do you attribute when you look at look back at this because most people who jump into being a realtor don't reach the level of success and i'm not going to give like specific stuff like you can tell as much as you want but i mean they don't reach the level of success that you've reached you're a top performer on that team one of the top performers right Mm -hmm. 
again, we won't get too specific, yeah. but uh, you know, knowing that, how how do you attribute that success? Like, how does that happen? You know, how what makes you different than other people in your approach? Yeah. Is it a mindset thing? You want the generic response? <laughs> no, like I no, want the, uh, you know, what you actually think it is. Yeah. Um, well, a couple of different things. I, I don't think it's one one singular item. Um, <clears throat> for me, it's uh, since day one, I, I, I take my job very seriously, mm-hmm. maybe too seriously sometimes, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which you'll see. Like I'm in the office 8 a.m. to probably about 6.37 p.m. Mm-hmm. five days a week like yeah. without fail right so for me it's about routine so i wake up in the morning i do my same routine i'm in the office and i don't leave the office till again six seven depends on what's going on in my life at that point mm-hmm. but so that's right there it's just that it's that dedication to being in the office or being somewhere where this is work the office is work for me yeah right so i always found that i've always gone in um, and it's just been so if I'm sitting at my desk and I find myself having spare minute, I'm going to f- say, okay, what can I do to fill this minute with something productive? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'm not going to go home and I'm not sitting here watching YouTube videos. So what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's something that kind of started off. I always did that from day one mm-hmm. is just get in the office. And I found that did because I did have those spare moments yeah. when I started out, I had an hour going, okay. Yeah. What do I do I've now? I've done my I call. Remember. I've done this. I've done that. And I'll yeah. just. I'll find something to do. I'll make another call. Yeah. I'll go just search up who's buying real estate and call them, right? Like call realtors, right? It doesn't yeah. even have to be cold calls. It's just, okay, I got to call a realtor down the block and have a chat with them. Yeah. Right. And I know you and I talked about this stuff in the past, but. Yeah. I remember when you're starting out you're, yeah. like that, you were going through what everyone goes through is like, yeah. oh, what do I do now? Yeah. I'm waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> but I think it's what you yeah. do in that. I don't know what to do right yeah. now moment yeah. separates you f- because we've, you know, we've had a lot of. Uh, yeah people come through the doors and I've seen a lot of realtors and when they have that free time, they go, okay, I'm going to go to the mall. Yeah. Or now know. it's time for a massage or this Yeah, that's or self-discipline, that. right? That self-discipline is hard to teach. It's very hard to teach, right? So, yeah. but you can model it if yeah. you, if you watch somebody doing it. And I know you've had some good influences. Like obviously your mom's been in that position your whole life. Yeah. Entrepreneur, you know, running a mortgage business, you, you've did, did similar, but I know you've had other mentors and yeah, you know, Simeon, Simeon's been a great mentor for me, yeah. right? Watching him. So he's very similar. He's in the office every single day. And mm-hmm. when I got my license, the first thing I did for a month straight was drive downtown Toronto and mm-hmm. sit next to him. Yeah. Whether I had work to do or not, I sat next to him and I listened to him on calls. I listened to his partner jazz on calls. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Seeing just, how they get it done. Yeah. <clears throat> just, just listen, man. And yeah. then anytime they needed something, yeah. you know, I'm there, right? So now it's, hey, Jake, can you do this for me? Sure, no problem. Yeah. Right? And whether they invited me to the office or not, I was there for the a The old fly-on-the-wall routine. That's it. And yeah. it's so important, right? So anybody that comes and works with us now, for one month, they're yeah. next to me or they're next to Zach or they're next yeah, to Yeah, they're in the office. Or whoever, yeah. right? And it's, even if they have absolutely nothing to do, I just want them sitting there. Right? Yeah, because you learn by osmosis. Yep. If you're If you're around it, you pick stuff up. I used to do the same thing with your mom. I'd go into her office and try and learn, uh, yeah. learn from her, and just you know see the mindset. It just it's contagious, right? You learn these uh, these That's things. It. And then just to get back to the original question, um, so I think self discipline is the probably the the biggest thing mm-hmm. to in 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 the sales industry because there is free time, right? It's completely commission based. You do what you want to do, but yeah. I treat it like a nine to five yeah. or an eight to seven. But I, need to say, yeah. I think you have to. I think you have to have those routines, right? Whether, call mm-hmm. it time blocking, call it whatever you want. For me, it's just I know every morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be in the office Monday to Friday. Yeah. Right. I found that's very successful. And then the other, I think, biggest thing for me was uh, finding a niche. Right? I think that was huge. Yeah. Not not to be skimmed over. So, yeah, for no, sure, taking it seriously. I think that's a huge part of it. You're very niche focused. Yeah. And, and I wanted to do niche second because... I'm following my journey through real estate, yeah. right? And I and every I, everybody should have that niche as well. Yeah. But for me, it's been so I started out and I did whatever I want, right? Mm-hmm. Some houses, some of this, some of that, right? Made like 50k in my first year in real estate, mm-hmm. right? And at that point, which is better than most realtors by far. <laughs> yeah, worse <laughs> I mean, than some, better than some, <laughs> yeah. whatever, right? I did. I honestly did like two residential deals in Burlington. I think something like the the average <clears throat> realtor like does one deal or something a year. Like it's not yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of realtors yeah. that don't do anything. Don't do anything. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that's where it started for me. Is my first year in made about made fifty k, forty, whatever, in and around that range. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly, but it um, 
and I was running around doing showings, open houses every weekend, flyers, door knocking, like balls to the wall, trying everything, right? And it just didn't work for me. I was like, this mm -hmm. is not what I want to do. I'm working yeah. on my weekends. I'm working on my evenings. And because yeah. for me, the challenge was I was doing the nine to five in the office and then I would get home and my phone starts ringing. Yeah, you keep going. And then on the weekends, my phone rings and I go, well, where's my, where's me time right there is there is none if you're if you're mm -hmm. on that full grind the nice thing with the the commercial side of things is the weekends are still a possibility right a lot of people in the commercial space yeah well i know you do end up working weekends too yeah. so you're in like this is what i said like you're in that build business building uh part portion of your career where you're, you're really just doing whatever you know it takes to keep that building now yeah. the, the challenge with that is there is a there is a time where you're not going to want to do that to yeah. that degree um, which you obviously have to have a plan for. Yeah. yeah. And then, so from there I went into commercial. So that was my first niche. Mm -hmm. I brought my world from everything to commercial. Yeah. Right. And as soon as I became the commercial guy, that's when things started to change. And I didn't even have a niche within commercial. I just said commercial. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden everybody at my brokerage being Ruth Royal LePage. Now you're the guy they ask. Now, now I'm all of a sudden <laughs> the commercial guy. Yeah. Right. And. All I did was put the put the word out there, Facebook. I got everybody on the team to basically connect yeah. with everybody else saying that I'm the commercial guy, right? So within the year of being the commercial guy, and I still yeah. did residential and everything, um, I uh, I started getting referral business, a lot yeah. of referral business, right? Yeah. People from the office would call me, hey, Jake, uh, you know, I'm trying to do a lease, like a commercial lease. How do I do this? And I would just say, well, listen, why don't I just do it for you 50%? Yeah. Right? Because... <clears throat> it's too complicated for me to explain. Yeah. Right? So I kind of like built that like <laughs> veil of commercial. Um, yeah. And it worked really, really well. And then, so that was my f second year in. That's when I kind of hit that, you know, that goal. And I, I whatever that goal is, I'm not going to throw numbers out there, but I, I hit that goal for me where I was like, okay, mm -hmm. this is something I can build a career off of now. Yeah. Right. Um, and for me, my first goal was always, okay, I want to just make more in this than I would at a nine to five office job. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> hit that goal doing commercial. And then from there, I found that I was spending wasting time on residential stuff. Yeah. Right. I'd have three, four commercial deals going and then I'd be listing a house and the house would take 95% yeah. of my time because number one, I didn't enjoy it. Number two, I wasn't set up for it. Right. I got a guy that can install a 24 foot sign on the side of the highway but I didn't have a guy that could put a stick in the lawn with a sign. That's hilarious. Right? So it's just like diff yeah. totally different things. So <clears throat> in year, I think it was year three, I decided to fully stop residential 100%. Yeah. Well, you still have your people on your team do it, right? And, yeah. And I'll get there. Yeah. And yeah. so, it, but not for family, not for friends. Like I just stopped. Right? Yeah. Um, and that was probably the best thing I could have ever done because I tripled my income that year. Mm-hmm. And it was life-changing at that point because I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're on the track, right? So, and I didn't want to lose that business. So yes, I, 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 I partnered up yeah. with a residential team, right? So yeah. um, myself and Brooke, right? Any residential business that comes in the house goes straight to Brooke and vice versa. She feeds me a lot of commercial business. Yeah. Um, but it freed up a lot of my time, allowed me to grow that commercial side more. Uh, and then from there, we started building the team out. And what I personally feel is unique about my team is that we all have a niche. Yeah. Everybody. So I'm the multifamily guy, mm -hmm. right? Like I work just multifamily and deals. And mixed use too, right? Mixed use. I do yeah. some industrial, like, and it's grown over the years, yeah. but it was originally just multifamily. Mm -hmm. And then I have a guy um, I brought in last year, Dak Sesh, just hotels. Hotel. Hotel, motel. That's cool. No campgrounds, hotel, yeah. motel, right? And he crushes it's great and then I, I i brought in um another a lady seanette who i kind of educated in in the space and she got really attracted to like land banking land development stuff like that mm -hmm. and then in year two now she's doing yeah you know massive uh you know 200 200 acre parcels of land for 200 million or whatever mm -hmm. right Did she really yeah oh, like huge that. huge deals so yeah. um so everybody that comes in, I just say, listen, you can do what you want, but find a niche and that's how we're going to brand you. Yeah. Right. And that's where, that at least that's people where will things know where, where to look. Yeah. And I, and I think people, 
so many people want to just be everything to everyone like oh well if i if i niche down then people who want this won't come to me anymore but it it rarely works that way like Mm -hmm. maybe you can get in theoretically to too small of a niche but uh if you're the expert in an area people need need experts they don't need generalists it's about being true to yourself right like it's i was on a call yesterday and a lady called me for uh, a mandate right and she's like hey i'm looking for this and i'm looking within the gta and my first response to her was hey listen i'm happy to help you but i don't work in toronto mm-hmm. like it's not my thing i don't i didn't grow up there i don't know the neighborhoods that well yes i i take listings i have some stuff in toronto for some very good clients but i'm not going to go take on a buying mandate for um mm-hmm. a particular business in toronto i go it's just not my thing yeah right and my colleague called me after and he's like, why did you say that? Like, you're limiting your sphere. And then she called me back and she goes, great. I'm actually happy you don't work in Toronto. She goes, I'm going to give you a mandate for all of Southwestern Ontario. Mm-hmm. Signs the paper. Let's go. Oh, okay. Right. So it's like, and she was like, thank you for being honest. Right. She goes, cause I would have known that you're not from Toronto. I would have figured it out anyways. Right? Yeah, so yeah. it just being true to yourself and what you know. Yeah. And if you stick in that lane, it yeah. will come to you. That, yeah, that, that takes time uh, to figure out what, uh, you know, where your natural fit is, right? Like it, it comes it comes over time. So so that's what kind of led you to now. And I know like, yeah, if it's like a, a local, like a smaller, like multifam, if it's in Burlington, maybe you might help somebody. But otherwise, you're, you're pretty much everybody is, you know, delegated to the team. Yeah, and I work on, yeah. I work on a, a, you know, I work on stuff in Burlington. I work on stuff like I still am out yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. And I think that's what, we're going to be working on in the next call it three years yeah right is is <clears throat> getting it so that my team's in a position to yeah take out those leads yeah go yeah. tour go show go write offers and i'm here to help out where they need yeah um mm-hmm. which would then free up some time for me to go invest right yeah i mean it, it, what you're doing is it's pretty cool and yes there's definitely um there's definitely opportunity to take that money and go do something with it more like i know the passive side of thing is obviously working out well for you right yeah because you're you're not like the big spender kind of guy no (laughs) like you you make the money but you don't know you know you're not the guy that's spending everything you make yeah which is fantastic maybe maybe that's part of where the success is as well right yeah yeah. you know i'm not going out buying the ferrari or the lamborghini or whatever like it's it's i got my gmc that's my dream car i'm happy with it (laughs) like yeah pickup truck my pickup truck that's all you need right and so yeah yeah, but then outside of that, like we have the campground together, right? So yeah. we are doing some active stuff there. So that, you know, that's one of those things that it like directly takes away from from your time. Uh, you know, when we get involved in this and I think w- when we started this endeavor, you approached me just over two years ago at this very moment to say, hey, I found something. It looks good because we've been talking about scalable business. We didn't yeah. want to invest in like, and you, you've recently sold your cottage because one didn't make sense for you it didn't make sense to have one cottage you can't scale that you're gonna you're gonna set operations up unless you 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 know buy many more but then you've got that slow burr process or you're gonna need to constantly take investor dollars and neither of those seem that great so when the idea of the camp came up we're like okay glamping works and we can scale that like we can see what kind of money this this region can generate it was opportunistic as well right we were in Mm -hmm. a down market this was we bought the camp what it was like right in COVID, like middle of COVID. Kind of. I wouldn't call it down. I mean, I th- it was no, a it nuts was, market. It, it was a nuts market. It was yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. It was every like multifamily was through the roof. Yeah, right. No deals were making sense. People were doing one hundred percent private financing. Yeah, the banks wouldn't touch it because it just didn't like the debt service. Yeah, was yeah. Crap. Things were going crazy. And we were all <clears throat> we were all multifamily guys originally looking for multifamily. Going, this doesn't work, right? Like, yeah, like, I'm not going to compete with my clients. I'd rather sell my client the good one. I find. Mm-hmm. And then um, we kind of got thinking. We're like, well, what's what is down right now? What is having a hard time? And it was hospitality, hmm. right? And that's where this this deal popped up. Where I'm like, okay, this probably would have sold for double last year. We're in kind of a down market for hospitality right now. Let's look at this opportunity. And that's when I brought it to you guys and said, hey, check this out. Right. I think we can make this make turn this into something very cool. I didn't realize it would have been higher. I mean, I thought I thought we were paying the guy for what he had a fair, fair chunk. I think the deal made sense for us just knowing what we wanted to do. And in the first year, 
we surpassed his income that yeah. he did with a camp. Now, granted, we we invested in it. We we you know we bought trailers. The glamping a of, model. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and we've since tripled the glamping income. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. Like we're, we're we're on the verge of tripling it uh, this year, and it depends on what comes in, but uh, it's looking like we're in that territory. So I think we, you know, we've got a lot that we should pat ourselves on the back for. But then there's also that side where we set very aggressive goals each year, and whenever we don't hit them, yeah. <laughs> I think and it's I, a it's disappointing. And I think we're all very yeah. Yeah. hard on ourselves. Oh, hundred percent, right? all four of us, because it's yeah. we very rarely sit back and go, oh, like good income or good year. Yeah, we like. Well, I'm sure by the at the, at the end of the season, we'll all sit down and and you know. Well, we'll look at what it is like just comparatively and and like the big thing in in our business for those who don't know what we have we have uh it's a bylaw approved for 70 sites campsite just south of tobermory and we have a glamping operation on that site and it's still open for september by the way uh great time to go glamping but uh so basically we've got 28 glamping units on that site as of this year including trailers really cool tents slash yurts depending on what you want to call them uh, and our our vibe is just quiet and tranquil like we're we're dead center if you want to go to lion's head you want to go to grotto all that stuff so that was like when you brought it to me that was the big thing yep. it was like oh holy crap like we can be right in the middle of this tourist mecca and <clears throat> we'll be that home base and the things that we don't have like we have a pond but we don't have a lake you can swim and there's a lake not far yeah uh, but it's like everything's off the site that you're gonna do yeah and that's kind of who we cater to so it's, it's not really like we're catering to families with kids because they're probably gonna yeah. want playgrounds and stuff we don't yeah, have i that. wouldn't call it a resort right it's it's no it's it's a it's an experience for sure yeah. and we get a lot of uh you know like couples and you know it, people wanting to do yoga in their tent and, you know, Instagram it and all that stuff. Um, And uh, we've sort of found our little niche. This is our second year operating. Uh, First year was a, was a partial season. Uh, We we launched June 20th. Mm -hmm. We launched two listings for glamping and uh, now we're up at uh, 28 and that's happened over the course of this year too. And the thing I've noticed is uh, your first year when you launch these, like it takes a while to get three reviews to even show a rating. And then we didn't have our super super host in the first season. This year we first did. First year's tough, man. It's it's that it build up period. You got any you first year on it. any listing is tough. Yeah, on any listing. So first year in any business. Yeah, this again is an act of business. It right? is, and we've we've built a team. So we have, uh, I think we have nine employees right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, four of them, five of them are full time at the moment. Yeah. But it's a seasonal business, so our payroll will go from you know could be thirty thousand dollars in the peak to zero in the off season. Yeah. So. Uh, it's uh you know it, it's an interesting business to be in i don't think either of us fully saw the scope of what we we're gonna do i i remember my sentiment being i'm like yeah. jake this is gonna be a lot of work yeah and it is <laughs> yeah and it is right i don't want to sugarcoat that and anytime yeah. anybody asks me about yeah. it uh, because i try to cut through like i cut the bs yeah right let's be real like we're in the world of instagram and tiktok right there's a lot of bs yeah so i try to cut through that every time somebody asks me like well, how's the camp going i'm like it's awesome. Like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. I go, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, right? I, I have people ask me. I'm like, I don't recommend time. it. <laughs> no, and, and that's it, right? Like, I don't, I, we're, we're doing very well because, again, we all, all four of us work extremely hard at what we're doing and we all have good mm-hmm. work ethic and we're all coming from a business background. Um, but for somebody that works a full-time nine-to-five job to say, I'm going to go do this because it looks cool or it looks fun mm-hmm. or it might be a good investment, I really ask them to think, think about it because it is a lot of work mm-hmm. yeah for sure it is uh you know i'm i'm big on more recently uh that like ben don't break like mm-hmm. if, if you apply pressure to yourself you put yourself in situations that you will bend but you won't break uh you know it makes you stronger yep and i knew this was going to be a situation where you know we did our due diligence you know to a degree we we knew what to expect we also there's a whole lot of unknown Course. And we went into that situation knowing it was going to be work, but also knowing that we would find a way through that. One of the first things we did was bring in another partner who was attached to another partner, which is yeah. how we ended up with four. Yeah. And uh, that ended up being a great thing. Um, Zach is a very important part of our business and, and what we do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thank God we have him in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that said, if say we didn't, you know, so Zach handles for anyone who, uh, 
doesn't know, which is probably most. Uh, Zach handles like our entire hospitality backend, Airbnb, like the booking, um, you yeah. know, the interface. He he's oversees. The he's yeah. the tech guy, so to speak, but really just manages that side of things. Yeah. Uh, I'm more of the, uh, you know, financial uh, oversight plus, you know, oversight of the the business from like a high level um jake and mike do everything else in between <laughs> everything else. we're the gophers yeah it's, uh, but that's but i think yeah and 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 i'll speak for myself because i don't know if you like doing the financial side of it andrew but like i i love doing the the um the, the running around like i actually do enjoy that right yeah like mike and i are later this week we're gonna go up we're gonna go bring the trailer up yeah go to site help out a little bit you know, yeah, I love getting on site. Man. That's enjoyable, right? I, I would love to do more of that. No, I'm not a desk guy. Like no. I can do the numbers. Like I think I'm, I'm analytical by nature, yeah. but I'm also stir crazy in a way. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't like sitting behind a desk. And um, yeah, not a typical nine to five. I don't think would ever work for me. Yeah. Um, so I, you, you know how you know my schedule here. You see me. Yeah, uh, you're in and you, out. I'm in and out. Yeah. So uh, I do work from home a bit. I work from here. I like to be able to get that space and that separation, like you do. Yeah. I like a place where this is just business here. Like, yeah. You know, home get things get clouded. Yeah. Like, oh, can you come downstairs and help? With, oh, it's you know, and that's why and, and that's yeah. why since day one I've always yeah. worked out an office. Right. It's yeah, similar yeah. to people that are like, oh, yeah. when I work from home, I leave my shoes on. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard that. No, never so, heard that. Yeah. There's, I know a few people and they're like, when I'm at home working, yeah. my shoes are on because I'm at work. Oh, okay. And yeah, that I'm makes sense. when I'm at work, my shoes are on. That makes it's, sense. And so it's it's just those little like mind games, right? So it's yeah. like when I'm here, I am I live five minutes down the road, mm-hmm. right? It's not like I'm driving downtown Toronto every day or commuting. Like yeah. I can I can go home for lunch and come back. Right. But for me, this is this is work, yeah. right? Yeah. And I try, to, I try to work very hard and leave work here. So then when I go home, I'm more engaged at home and yeah. I don't want to blur those lines. That's yeah, a big yeah, that's thing important. For me, right. And it's something I'm working on. I've not mastered that whatsoever. Mm. Um, it's I'm actually quite bad at it right now. Yeah. So I'm hoping in the, and again, that's another goal for me is in the next, yeah, I get better let's with call that. it one year, two year, three years. I really do want to have a better separation there. And the thing I find that happens and it, it happened for me and maybe it'll take you having kids to figure this out, but like you have to weigh everything once once your time is just restricted like picture you have one tenth the time you have now yeah and you want to maintain your current level of earnings you have to make some hard decisions and when put into that position another bend not break situation yeah you will just find a way to uh to cut the fat yeah. and a lot of that is delegation and the thing i i, I find it quite exciting to to watch my ability to buy my time back, buy my life back a mm-hmm. little bit. Like uh, you never fully get it back once you have kids, but uh, you can get rid of a lot of the stuff. Like anything that you can explain to somebody, you should delegate. Yeah. If you can't explain the task to somebody, then that's a sign that it should be you that does it. Yeah. Uh, and like, for instance, dealing with other realtors, dealing with clients, you can't explain how to build rapport. Mm-hmm. So that's, some, that's a feel thing. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you could do yeah. um, or and then also seek out the talent that can do that where you can you can hand that stuff off. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a big thing Like with the camp. One of the things I liked about it being far away is like there's no way we could run it ourselves. So we bring in management. We got fortunate. We got a, a good set of yeah. managers that came in uh, and we've built a team around them and yeah. they, they've been the major uh, builders of that team. For and sure. uh, you know, that's that's great for us. So so for people who want some context, it was about a one point five million dollar purchase. And we've got those 28 uh, glamping sites, plus we've got camping, smaller scaled down camping. Um, our best performers are probably including HST on the season, bringing in close to 30 on a single glamping site. Some of the newer stuff were, you know, in the five to 10 range on the season. Yep. Uh, and then we've got, you know, last year's top performing tents, for instance, you know, surpassing $20,000. What, what is our top performer? The top performer right now is Jake's uh, Vintage Airstream. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. It, it, there that was wasn't, a, neck that and wasn't ne- a plug for me, I promise. I, <laughs> it was a neck and know. neck race, but yeah. uh, it, it came back. And the, the big thing with that is uh, people search for Airstreams. So yeah. I think that's why it does better. Um, and it looked cool. It's yeah. on a cool site. Uh, we've brought in a bunch of other stuff that's not a vintage Airstream, but I mean, people aren't looking for that necessarily. Yep. I think what we do have is just like really picturesque sites. Yeah. Um, we also have another one. It was a trailer we picked up for like seven grand. That was the first trailer. We yeah. 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 We started off calling it the Terry uh, yeah. and because it was a Terry brand. 
and it was renovated by somebody else. No. And it's done, I think it's like 24,000 this yeah. year, which is for like, think it's about well. that. It's a functional trailer. Think right? about that. Sleep. A trailer that costs 6,000. We paid 2,500 to paint it. Yeah. And, and it's, so, you know, the ROI on that trailer, if you look at it in isolation, is great. And the funny thing is yeah. that one, so Mike and I went to go see that in a, in a snowstorm, our other partner. Yeah. Um, we get there, we, you know, and they, they failed to mention that I had hail damage. Yeah. So it's literally the whole front of it's like. It's all dented. Yeah. It's covered in craters. And yeah. we're like, okay, screw it. So we got them. I think they wanted like 10. We got them down to seven. Yeah. Like, okay. So we Mike's a good it. negotiator. Yeah, like the trailer light break didn't work, so I'm towing it, and like there's no trailer. Yeah. Like it was totally yeah. sketch. But we yeah, we painted it, made it look much better. the The inside was gorgeous from it's day beautiful. one, and it's, yeah. so it's it's a good size. It's a functional size. The yeah. inside is totally refreshed, and then the outside now we painted, and it looks looks great. The funny thing is like to think that a tra- a tent could earn twenty thousand plus in a season, yeah. and we have multiple <clears throat> that have done that this year. And uh, it, it's crazy. Like, I mean, there's a huge hospitality element. We have a big staff and overhead and all that. So, yeah. like, they need to perform. Yeah. But it's great to know that that you can do that with uh, with a tent with yeah. with canvas. It's eight hundred dollar tent. It's, and I, and you're, I don't want you to sell our seller so short, Andrew, because it's. I think it's. Um, we offer an experience. Oh, it's incredible! No, and, and I'm not trying. And I'm not no, no, trying. I know, to, I know. Like, check out the photos for anyone who hasn't. Like. Uh, at the Grotto Getaway Glamp on Instagram, or yep. you can go to grottogetaway.com. Uh, check out the photos of these things. Like, they're they're crazy cool. Uh, yep. And I would happily stay in them. We, you know, we decorate them. Uh, we're over a $10,000 investment on most of our tents. And yep. so I, the canvas is cheap. The deck is not, the decorations aren't, um, the way we do it. And then of course, the way we run the site yeah. is, uh, you know, there's, there's so much to it. And no, I think I, I, I think what that. we've done is really cool. Yeah, it's unique. just a, it's 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 a it's a unique alternative to staying at a hotel, and also right? a cost and, effective one, and a cost effective one, right? Because let's be realistic. You look at what's available up in Tobemori, It's usually like a motel. Right? Yeah, there's no. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there's a. There's not much in the way hotel of hotels. There, right? No, so, there's like nothing. So you got so it's Airbnbs, a lot of Airbnbs, yeah, and then you have your motels, yeah. Or probably the next one down. And then after that, there's really not much, mm-hmm. right? Or you bring your own trailer. So we have a unique opportunity to say, well, it's not mm-hmm. just affordable, but now it's also a very unique yeah. stay. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think that's the selling feature for us. 100%. So, so you got the combination of uh, something that can't be copied, which is our location. Uh, and then the unique thing, like other people could, could replicate our tents. I've already seen it. People have already copied what we've done in certain locations. Um, not that it worries me, and they haven't done it exactly like us. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, you you combine all that, so we've got this very unique stay uh, where our our bylaw, our zoning works really well for us. We're we're right near Lion's Head, right near the Grotto, right near Tobermory downtown, and um, all those things together. Um, they, you know, that was that was what we were excited about from the beginning. Yeah, that this ability to scale it, and you know, when we're talking our partner meetings, it's it's the quest to a million dollars in revenue. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's the goal, and uh, we're working towards that. At which point, you know, we can decide what we want to do. Yeah. Uh, but you know, our ability to refinance it, or you know, get higher valuations to to exit, to you know, no matter what, building that asset to that level of revenue um, makes sense for us. Yeah, and sure. uh, I see the path to it, but of course, as we do this, we keep investing more money, and it, you know, it's a cash intense business because yeah. everything we want to do, it's like we're just forking, shoveling money into it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why I said forking, we're shoveling. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's an exciting business. It keeps us on our toes. It's nice that it, it settles down and we can have the winter off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, would you say this year you've been less stressed or more stressed throughout the summer season because of that? Can I say equivalently stressed? Yeah. Different reasons. Different reasons. Yeah, I guess Better the stressors reasons. change. Better the stressors change. Stressed about. Yeah. <clears throat> like one thing's for sure. Like one of the things I'm really proud of is we got approval for new financing, which we're about to close. Yep based on our first year's performance and projections yeah uh, like they couldn't even qualify us on the first and they liked our business so much that they approved us on projections yeah. so uh, with a big bank i was not expecting this like we were throwing up a hail mary saying hey we might as well try we were not yeah. expecting it 
and then we got that approved so that was huge yeah. and i'm really excited about that um, no and now now we're in now we're no by no means we're in the clear but yeah it's kind of the home stretch now to say okay we're going to yeah. stabilize with the mortgage now we're we we, yeah. we we have our business model down we know how to operate the site we know what we're doing now it's just about yeah. expanding growing yeah. and continuing to replicate which and then another consideration is like we're at 28 glamping units they didn't have a full season uh as we add more units to the tobermory supply yeah. we actually drive our own prices down to a degree yeah. because there's more selection well so, that's why we got to start adding different units different so yeah being different that's the is, fun exciting yeah, thing we're yeah. working on now in the background is yeah. okay so we've done the tents yeah. the tents are cool they work yeah we've done the trailers we have yeah. some gazebos that were we've retrofitted they were there yeah. previously but what now can we add what is the next yeah. cool so we're looking at like dome yeah. tents we're looking at yeah the dome huts. tents where you can we're, see the stars yeah. I, from the beginning i've been saying we got to put something on that pond yeah we got <laughs> a, a floating yeah. we need a floating tent yeah. a floating dock with a tent or yeah houseboat houseboat yeah floating we dock have with we scares me we pretty much have to crane a houseboat in though like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know how else we're getting it on that pond but yes th this is the type of thing that you know i i think could go really well for us uh going forward and it's just a matter of you know when we spend that money because to me it also does seem kind of appealing to to take next year as uh, let's take a lap let's let's let the, what we have stabilize yeah. and then let's aggressively grow it for the following year yeah because the nice thing is yeah. even if we didn't add a single thing for next year you know because there's the saying if you're not growing you're failing or you're dying but we will whatever. still grow but we will still grow because we yeah. have we've we've had sites that were only open for a bit or sites yeah. that haven't even been opened like we had yeah. i think we had three four that didn't open this year we do have uh at least three more tent sites that didn't open this year yeah. and the hard thing with that is uh you can't take photos until june exactly uh because otherwise there won't be leaves well you can do end of may yeah uh, but that puts us a little bit behind and then of course then that whole year is going to be slightly compromised we're not going to yeah. do as well so it's almost it's, it's a full year from when you plan to when you can actually start reaping the benefit yeah uh it, it, yeah it can be like for, to fully or, or i should it. say or i should no, say to can, maximize the value to maximize yeah. so the nice thing about coming into a season with the super host status um and a whole bunch of units that all have at least three reviews is that uh now we'll have people more ready to, to book them right they can yeah. read a few reviews see oh okay like you know it's new uh, overall it seems like people like it okay i'll, yeah. I'll book it too yeah. uh, and another cool thing that i know we weren't expecting is people booking through our website which you yeah. don't you don't see the reviews yeah. on on, uh, on airbnb with that but yeah. um that's obviously good for us direct it's good for us and it's yeah. good for the for the um for the guests because they save money on the booking fees so my big thing with next year is i would like to see what we have stabilize i mean of course we'll we'll probably still implement the growth plan but if we were to pause it for one year yeah. and just grow what we already have it's not a bad idea i wouldn't i wouldn't be totally upset yeah. and i'd say maybe uh, like what i'd like to see for next year if that's where we're going with this yeah um, is <clears throat> very similar i'd like to i'd like to let things stabilize a little bit now that we have the mortgage in place but I'd also like to use it as an experimental year to say, mm -hmm. how would a dome tent do? Yeah, what if we throw There's one? one. It, so the idea right. would be, we're cutting a path in where it's like backwoods glamping. And yeah. I think that'd be the next cool thing. Yeah. Uh, and we've got the space for it. And again, I don't even like worry about sharing this because like- It's unique. It's unique to our- Our location can't yeah. be copied. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if somebody does it in Timbuktu or you know on the other side of Toronto. That We're gonna have matter. to hire a full-time staff for mosquito control if we cut into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need that staff to come to my house too, yeah. apparently. It's been bad. Um, the, uh, but yeah, I'd love to experiment, try a dome, yeah. a, a shepherd hut, um, yeah. a whatever, right? And then compare and contrast say, okay, so now we need to double down on the, on the dome. Yeah. Or, One of the things I think that like we were a little bit wrong about is we just thought like trailers would in general crush but like last thanksgiving our tents were all sold out yeah but we had trailer availability yeah it, and we have way less trail at the time had way less trailers than yeah. tents and still do yeah uh it's it's funny like people want that memorable instagrammable experience yeah. And that's like been our bread and butter. Like when they're going to Tobermory, when they're going to Lion's Head, they're posting the whole time. Yeah. When they're at the grotto, they're posting it, you know. And I and I see it as it's it's it is necessary to have trailers cuz 
they do book. Mm-hmm. It's like a three bed versus a two bed kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? So yeah. yes, the three beds are not as in high demand. Yeah. And your two beds are going to rent out more, but you need to have some yeah. three beds. Yeah, you do. Right? Just to, yeah. and I'm talking about like bedrooms, right? Like, sure, like yeah. apartment units or whatever, right? You still need that mix. So yeah. I'm still happy we have the trailers. Yes, they don't monetize as well as the tents. Well, because there's more investment. They still monetize well, I would say, but but you have more to recoup when you're into a trailer for 20 to 40 grand, unless you get you know, a couple of nice buys under 10, yep. um, than you do with a tent where you're in around 10 to 12. Yep. Uh, it just It's a little easier to recoup. The thing, On the flip side, you've got salvage value. If you want to resell that trailer one yes. day, it's worth something mm-hmm. to somebody else. It's, uh, it's a lot harder to take the deck apart and sell all that, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Obviously, there's there's pros and cons, and by no means were we trying to toot our own horn with this episode. We're just trying to share, you know, a little shop talk of like things we talk about, what's on our mind. Uh, has it been all sunshine and rainbows? Absolutely not. We've had some wins, we've had some hard moments, and yeah. it's not like they go away. Uh, but one of the big things to me is teaching myself and showing myself that we can build a business that we oversee, not run. Yeah, and that's the goal here, and that that excites me a lot. Yeah. And we're pretty much there. Yeah. Like we're really close, but we still are involved on the high level. No, yeah. and we we've got work to do, and that'll never be done, in and my it's, opinion. It's it's all gonna happen over time, right? And yeah, I, and, I, and I preach that, and I try like everything I teach to my clients. I try. I, obviously, I yeah. try to. I do myself, right? I don't try to do. I do. Yeah, and it's, you know, again, nothing's gonna happen overnight here. Yeah. Right. So let's let's be yeah. methodical about it and plan for the future and yeah. say, you know, can we exit? out of the day-to-day management in a year from now. Well, right? I, we're, or two I don't years think from now. I don't think we're day-to-day management, although I think Zach is far too involved on the oversight of the hospitality stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do think so. I, I think that by the end of next year, we could be significantly removed yeah. uh, from, you know, and we're, uh, we are looking to hire an ops manager and that is mm-hmm. something that's going to happen. Now, the exact timing of that, we're not sure yet going into off season here. Is it the time or should we be waiting for spring? Uh, that's something we we may uh, pause on, but uh, it's and there's also that train up period, yeah. right? I know we yeah you got to train them, right? so then now you're pretty much bringing them in and in, in you know either late fall to like let them see the site or early spring. Um, so there's there's lots to decide. Uh, one thing I will say is just like if you're getting into a business like this, uh, know that the private mortgage renewals hurt. Uh, you know, like when you're in multi million dollar borrowing, yeah. you. Uh, you know, you kind of just got to budget for it and plan for it. Yep. Uh, or if you can find private lenders that'll that'll give you two-year terms. If you know it's going to take you that long anyway, I think it's worth questioning, at least talking to the broker and plan it well ahead. Say, what would it look like to get a two-year rate here? Yep. You know, what, what do we got to do to get a two-year? And, um, you know, that way you don't get smacked with those renewal fees and, uh, you know, lawyers and all that stuff. It's, uh, you know, not that it's a breaker. It's just, uh, it's not fun. <laughs> What are your, you know, what are your big takeaways or something you learned from all this, Jake? Uh, if you had to think of like one thing, um, or it can be more than one Jeez, from the yeah, camp, from, from yeah. what we've learned, something that surprised you. Yeah. Uh, all the surprises were kind of, you know, I, it's things that I almost expected, yeah. but then they still surprised me. Kind of yeah. Things, right. Like, but I would say a lot of it has to do with, um, um, more of the, not the day-to-day operations, but more of the background of the site, mm-hmm. right? If we could go back and do one thing better, let's let's phase it that way. I'd say I would have loved to do a bit more investigation into the septic yeah. system and, you know, boundaries and surveys and things like that, yeah. right? And, and I say that because it's something that did kind of surprise us. And then at the same time, yeah. I've heard it from multiple other camp owners who all say the same thing. They're like, yeah, when I bought it, everything yeah. was good. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, this is an issue or my property line is an issue or yeah like it's a very common thing i've heard it four or five times from different camp owners yeah right so i that was one big thing for me is if we were to gonna go forward doing this continuously mm. it's gonna be i'd be much more um focused on yeah the the mechanicals and then boundary lines neighboring yeah. properties things like in that. fairness we did get it all inspected and the septic still works great but oh, there, yeah, are, no, there no, are no, no. some other other uh, challenges yeah. uh there is no survey on this property so we know what the municipality thinks the lines are but yeah and know, things like that yeah. right? like bylaw issues now that we're having because of that yeah. right like it's small stuff in the grand scheme of things yeah but would have been nice to know because when you're 
at full operation and you're mm-hmm. and you're running like crazy and then all of a sudden that comes out of left field yep. and hits you in the face then it's like oh yeah that's the last thing we needed right now it's right? just and it's just the that. nature it's the nature of something like this i, I think uh big takeaway i have with it is uh you know this isn't just real estate investing this is true true business building entrepreneurship yep. uh, attached to real estate yep. and um it you definitely get some of the benefits of the real estate because now now you're adding value to that real estate and when you sell something there is something physical attached to it yeah. right i mean when when you sell a business it's just a business you're selling a brand name and client lists and stuff i think it has a slightly different connotation in somebody's head than something that comes with a piece of land yeah and um you know I, i'm excited that we can build that um so jake we just got to do closing thoughts here because we're running long. So yeah. uh, entrepreneurship thoughts or any sort of key takeaways just from your investing journey so far uh, doesn't have to be ca- our camp related. Um, you know, anything you'd want to share with uh, our listeners and viewers? Yeah. Uh, well, it's the journey I'm on as well, which is going to be a uh, mindset behind this, right? Again, mm-hmm. if I could go back and do it again, I think my mindset would be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about thinking bigger. Yeah. I think thinking bigger has been my biggest, not issue. I don't want to say it's an issue, but it's been my biggest kind of like holding me back. Yeah. Right. And so that's my focus right now in life is like I'm reading a lot of books. I'm talking to people. I'm trying to, with the camp, again, thinking bigger. I think that's across my whole life and all my investments. Yeah. It's just thinking bigger. And it's a scary thing sometimes. It's something you don't even think about other times. Yeah. Um, but that's my that's my biggest takeaway from everything I've learned right now in life is whatever I do, yeah, just take it two steps more. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're gonna put in all the effort, yeah. why not put it in for a much bigger deal? And that's and, and that was you know I think the camp was our first attempt at that. So let's let's keep her going. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Jake, where do people reach you? Yeah. So Instagram, Jacob Campanero. Very okay. simple. Um, the spelling of my name will be on the show yeah. Notes. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, uh, okay. that's probably the best way to reach out to me. Honestly, I post a lot of tidbits there. There's a ton of content where okay. we're always talking about yeah. the show REI Hot yeah, Seat. Yeah, REI Hot Seat. Make sure you, you're you're following that show. It's on YouTube only yeah. at the moment. Uh, that may change, but for now, it's a YouTube only. It is a video only show. Yeah. Uh, so either there or you can go to um, recanada.com uh, and. Uh, that will be a direct link to the commercial page, which yeah. reaches me as well. So that's, if you want to do a website, go there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Instagram, Jacob Campanero. Cool. Very All right, easy. Jake. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, and uh, we'll be recording an episode of REI Hot Seat soon. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors.